Happy Aloha Friday, everyone, and welcome to My Ties at Sunset. I'm Ty. Aloha. I'm Mai. Happy Aloha Friday. I want to set the intention. It's Pauhana. <laughs> that we are going to share a lot of positivity, have a lot of fun, and I hope you laugh a lot. Yes. Um, lots of stories to tell, lots of adventures, lots of interesting things that have happened. Um, I'm going to say that I talk about Bucky's a lot because I'm from Texas. I live in Texas. And I'm not going to go back to Bucky's for quite a while. Uh, I had an unfortunate accident occur in the parking lot. Um, and if anybody's ever been to the Bucky's and Katy Freeway, mm-hmm. the parking lot sometimes is very busy, but there's a side parking lot that usually is pretty good and has really big spots. I've never had a problem parking there. But Sunday, my car got completely backed into by someone and they decided to drive off. Luckily for me, I called the police, they came and they did a full report and come to find out Bucky's has security cameras all around the building. And so they were able to burn onto a CD or DVD rather Mm -hmm. uh, an entire movie of all the events that occurred. And it turns out this guy was backing into the spot next to me. I am very meticulous about the way I parked, uh, park actually anywhere. And he full-on backed into me trying to back into a parking spot basically hit the whole front of my car luckily i had that i have a push bar cattle bar on the front of my car but it took quite a lot of damage because he hit it so hard and a witness saw it and when i came out with my mom he came running up to me and was like is that your car and i was like yeah and he goes some guy just hit it really bad i took a picture of his vehicle And on the DVD movie, he actually drove to the other side of the building and got out and dusted off his car to check out the damage. Uh And the police officer later found out who it was based on the license plate. He went to his house and tried to find him and he wasn't there, but he went door to door to every single neighbor and was like, I'm looking for this gentleman. Is this his car? He was involved in a hit and run accident. And we're looking for him. Come to find out, I think one of his neighbors called him and he hurried it back to the store and tried to confess and like try to say he hit someone and he feels responsible and he really wants to do right. But I really think that he thought he was going to get away with it yeah. and he didn't. So. In this day and age, um, cameras everywhere. People, cameras everywhere. People always every, watching. Every person has a camera. There's good Samaritans still out there reporting like accidents and stuff. Shout out to so your very good lucky. Samaritan. That was lovely. Shout out to I'm gonna name name him. Shout out to Rodney. Okay, for being so awesome and from Austin, Texas. And um, that's all I'm gonna say about him. But thank you, Rodney, for being an upstanding citizen and a really tr- truly kind soul. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to share some fun facts that the police officer told me. He said, number one, if you hit any object, whether it be a trash can, mailbox, um, a sign, a pole, it is required by Texas state law that you leave at least your name and your phone number. Okay. So if you hit public property, private property, anything, you should leave your name and number because that's the due diligence that is required of you by law. Mm-hmm. Number two, he said, if I was in the car, even if I was parked, I would be an involved party mm-hmm. and it would go against my driving record, not my insurance, yeah, but my driving record saying that I was at fault or like not at fault. I'm sorry that I was involved okay. in the accident. So he said it was lucky that you weren't in the car. Yeah. And the third thing is the rental car shortage is a real thing. (laughs) In Texas, too. Uh, In Texas, too. I ended up trying going to get a rental car and they gave me a minivan. (laughs) Hashtag van life. (laughs) Hashtag van life. And you know what's the saddest part is I have video of this of this van and it is so basic. Mm hmm. And I found out what year it was. It's a 2019 Dodge Caravan, Grand Caravan, Grand Caravan, uh-huh. or something like that. And um, it didn't have Bluetooth. Uh-huh. It had a USB slot for me to charge my phone, mm-hmm. but my phone could not connect to the car. Oh. So I was listening to FM radio. And this was like a whole new experience for me because 
I, it's been so long since I've listened to the radio. The only time I ever listen to the radio is during the whole month of December, uh, 99.1, sunny 99.1 in Houston, <laughs> Texas, plays nonstop Christmas music. <laughs> so I always have it on in the background, but I never listen to it in the car. And I was stuck listening to FM radio. And now my new favorite radio station in Houston, besides 99.1 during December, mm-hmm. is 95.7 adult hits. Great music. It was like 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know, the the current music. But it was all like cool and not rap related because I'm not a big fan. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a good radio station. So that is like one of my adventures. So I can inv- I, I will elaborate more on van life. <laughs> but the only thing I would say about a van is it's pretty zippy and it's got a lot of room to put things in it. Like a 65-inch TV still in the box. Uh-huh. They can pick yeah. up speed so fast. I just want to say the fastest drivers that I've always seen on the road have always been minivans. If there's a minivan you behind you, it's coming. It's coming. It's going to pass you. It's in a hurry because kids always need to get places. Or they need to go to the bathroom. It's usually soccer moms. Well, I, I mean, I say that as a generalization. It's It's always a mom running off somewhere. They are the fastest drivers on the road. And honestly, I, I hope that they all get a pass because there's probably a kid involved needs to get someplace really quick. Yeah. Or or my brother was like, did they give you the minivan because it's like an Asian thing? Because most Asians do enjoy a good Toyota or Honda minivan. And I was like, no, this is a Dodge. It has zero technology, zero comforts. The doors, like, yes, they automatically open and close. Mm -hmm. But it was so old already for 2019 that the door would not close on one side. I had to, like, manually push it. And I was like, I'm going to get charged. It's a rental car. They are abused. Rental car. you have to imagine the people who rent vans are going to be putting a lot of people or a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. There was, like, a ton of sand in the car. So I knew they went to the beach. Mm. (laughs) So luckily for me, and the people at Enterprise like know me now because I complained about this minivan. Uh-huh. I was like, I hate the minivan. I don't want it. The The curve of the windshield is so much that it made me feel like I was in a fishbowl. Yeah. So it made me kind of motion sick. And I don't get motion sick, but it was making me motion sick on the freeway. And I was like, this is terrible. So they give me a Jeep Wrangler. And I was like, okay, out of all the vehicles... This and a Subaru are the most gay vehicles that you can drive. The saddest thing that I had experienced with trying to um, rent a car uh, because my car was um, I ha- was in an accident um, was the lack of surf racks. And I was really concerned because that was the time that we were doing a lot of um, one manning, taking out our OC1s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I c- you have to be quick because I don't know when I'm going to go out and I need to have surf racks so I can put my boat on my car and take it out. Right. And then I'm like, yeah. can I put my surf racks on your car? They're like, no. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't know as long as they would not know that you put surf racks on them unless they cause damage. Yeah. And those ones kind of like the metal they dig, they dig in. Yeah, That's okay. What I meant by like, also what I meant by like a Subaru and a Jeep yeah. Wrangler specifically is that that's the stereotype. Mm for lesbians is you either drive a Subaru or you drive a Jeep Wrangler. So now I'm in a Jeep Wrangler and I'm pretty sure like my gay flag is like waving as I drive down the freeway. I know a lot of people who just love Jeeps and they are, well, they're not, I don't know any, you're the only lesbian who I know that is now driving one. But previously (laughs) um, all my friends who love Jeeps, they only continually buy Jeeps. It's, it's, they keep saying things like, it's a Jeep thing, or we're Jeep people. Really? And it's a whole culture. They're, they would say, you wouldn't understand. You don't drive a Jeep. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. But maybe as you drive this Jeep more, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. Maybe you'll fall in love and become a Jeep people. Well, a, no, a Jeep I, people. I, I, I don't think so. The interior is so tiny. And then I think I was on the phone with you today and i was looking for a way to roll down the windows i was like oh my gosh i drove up to starbucks and i don't know how to roll down the window often here in hawaii i see them they take the doors off yeah you can take the doors and the roof off of this one and have it completely exposed and i was telling my brother about that and he's like oh let's do it like it would be really cool and i'm a little afraid to do it because it's just 
It seems so complex, but it's actually pretty easy to just remove everything off the car. Mm -hmm. But then you can't leave anything in the car. See, I'm kind of wondering if... See, I used to have convertibles. I My first car was a convertible, and then I had another convertible after that. And so I kind of feel like there's this freedom of taking everything off and, you know, being out in the elements. Um, then, you know, there are bugs out there. <laughs> And I can say this one time and just wanting to be again in the elements. I also ride motorcycles. So one time mm -hmm. I was riding my motorcycle around the North Shore and I cracked my helmet open a little bit. The visor part not, just uh, to let some how? fresh air in. No, it's not cracked. I just like. Oh, you cracked it. I just it. Oh, put, okay. pushed it open a little bit. And we were going around the North Shore and this bug I don't even know what it was. It was yellow and black. It was large. Like it had to have been <laughs> six inches because it was covering my entire face shield. And I was so scared it was going to crawl in the little vented part oh, that no. I did that I immediately had to pull over because I couldn't see. And I had to. Right. And oh, my God. Can I just say that the horns on motorcycles are so stupid and. They are the saddest <laughs> little beep beep. beep beep. Even on a Harley Davidson, it's beep beep. So I pulled over. That's funny. I closed the thing and I'm wearing, uh, I have a Kevlar jacket. I've got gloves. I'm pretty much covered mm. to handle like falling and scraping into the roadway. So I wasn't truly afraid of this bug as long as I had my full face thing cut uh, I mean shut and close and so I whacked it off but I mean I'm staring at this thing you know it's in my front of my eyes and it is huge and so I no longer have a desire to have a convertible or um jeep life even in Hawaii <laughs> oh my gosh at least you didn't have your mouth open that would have been terrible <laughs> I, You're like, ah. <laughs> I, I think I was too petrified in that moment to scream. But I was just grateful Were that you? there was a spot for me to pull over. And, um, oh, oh, also, when you ride motorcycles in Hawaii, there's sand everywhere. And if you've ever experienced sand on just two wheels, it can be very slippy. So careful for everybody really? who, ride, who um, rents mopeds and motorcycles uh, around loose um, sand and debris. People are not very smart. I feel like they were going to end up hurting themselves yeah, in some way. Yeah, I say that just because I recently saw somebody uh, falling over on the side of the road, and uh, it reminded me of that. Oh, was that recent? Yeah. They weren't, they didn't die. Mm -hmm. They just, but I knew because they were around an area, they they, they slipped. Yeah, I, I know that common like, statistics or something said that most accidents occur within like, a five mile radius of your home. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's true. My uncle was actually in a really bad crash in San Francisco. He was literally on the road to his neighborhood mm -hmm. and he was like hit head on. He is a collector of old Porsches. And so he was in his and he got hit head on mm -hmm. and he had a huge bleed in his uh, aorta. And so he barely lived. And now he drives in his car of choice now is an Audi um, because it has over 10 different types of airbags. Mm. I love Audi. Because his old Porsche didn't have any airbags. It's also really teeny tiny. Now, I do um, believe that Germans do a lot of metal framing, heavy framing, whereas Japanese cars like Honda and Toyota are meant to crumple. To soften the cushion of the blow, but oh, I see. I honestly have been in. Okay, you said we were going to talk about car accidents. I've probably been in about five. <laughs> Holy cow! And how the <laughs> best ones were the vehicles that um, the ones that I did the best were the vehicles that the best ones the ones that I survived the no damage yeah. were the older heavy solid vehicles. Well, the Porsche is not good <laughs> for any of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, not nowadays, especially. So tiny. And there's such big cars now people drive. Those SUVs, they can be... I've, mm -hmm. I've had a really big SUV, and they can be very unwieldy in high wind. 
Really? Oh, speaking of driving in the wind, when you come to Hawaii, <laughs> coming out of the tunnels, <laughs> especially the H3 um, on a motorcycle, I have been blown to the other lane. Really? Yeah. Like the gust of wind was so strong that it blew me and my motorcycle to the other lane. <laughs> I feel like the Lique Lique would do that too. Yeah. And the poly. And the right? poly. Any, any of those. But the H3 always, always, always is very windy coming in or out both sides. That's so scary. It is a beautiful tunnel though. But you just have to know. Like you, you just gotta know. So and that'll and if you have a tall vehicle, it will also blow you. Um, so just be careful. So you gotta always correct. Mm. Commuters know crazy. You, you know. Well, I mean, whenever I drove near motorcycles and stuff, I usually stay away just because I don't like if they crash, I don't want to run over them. Yeah. So you're supposed to give a motorcycle just as much room as you would give a full size car and the same follow distance. So it's like six car lengths now. I, I would have appreciated that. <laughs> I just try to stay away from I just try to stay away from motorcycles because I never want to be involved in an accident with them. Mm hmm. Because I'm like, oh, their chance of survival is slim. Yeah. And I don't want to be a part of that kind of statistic either. Like, I don't want to be like that person. Yeah. I've seen so many people come in car accidents that I'm just like, I don't know how you're doing this. Um, I don't know why you're, I mean, like motorcycle accidents. Mm -hmm. um, we always check the damage to the helmet because we want to see how much like possible brain damage they had and how bad the accident was. But you can really tell by somebody's helmet. Yeah. And once um, you hit your helmet, you, you drop it. Um, you need to replace it because it no longer has the protective qualities that it would have. Tell me about this, like dropping it. Like, what is that? Does that, is it like, I know a lot of people have dropped it off their bike before, you know, like they park it and then they like are trying to hook it on and it drops on the ground. Like, is that what you're talking about? Like that kind of impact or. Um, any, any kind of impact. Yeah, that would do it. Cause that's oh. a good height. Um, but. Interesting. You don't know what. It's made to take like one good impact and try to help you survive through it. So don't compromise your your safety equipment. Okay, and they that's get, good to know. It's just like uh, they get gross after a few years. You know, after a year or two, you want to replace those kind of often anyway. They're not that expensive. Got it. Okay, your well, your brain I mean, is worth more. The more you know, yeah, your. The more you, the know. More you know, that's that is my PSA, <laughs> right? Your PSA is to always maintain your safety equipment. Yes, always. Maintain. They teach us that in the military as well. So, mm -hmm. um, some other exciting uh, news and adventures that happened this week. I actually went with my niece to watch her get a vaccination uh -huh. for RSV. It's a respiratory virus. Okay. That a lot of kids are getting. And um, she's pretty strong baby. She's pretty uh, robust, fortified. Mm -hmm. And she, so I put her on the, the table and I'm watching her. I'm like, I'm really sorry this is about to happen to you. Mm -hmm. The nurse comes in and she's like, okay, as soon as I give her this injection, you got to pick her up. You got to pick her up right away. And I'm like, oh my God, anxiety much? Like she's just like constant. You got to pick her up. You got to pick her up. You got to pick her up. got to pick her up. I'm like, okay, I got it. So she busts out this needle. Okay. When I look at little babies, yeah. they don't need an inch and a half needle. <laughs> I don't know. It's like that long. Yeah. But when I looked at this needle, I was like, okay, it's just about as long as the syringe. And I go, why are you using that big of a needle? Yeah. I mean, just out of curiosity. Like the, the chubby thigh is like. Yeah. Looks like a, you know, good pack of jimmy dean sausage whatever yeah and i'm probably less than that and i was like why are you using that oh well we have to make sure it you know penetrates the skin i'm like but the baby my baby's my little baby niece's leg is not that big yeah. like a little drumstick man she stuck that needle in and i thought it would hit the bone that girl screamed bloody murder and then stared down the nurse <laughs> and my niece has learned to point uh -huh. So I see her like scream, her face is red, and all of a sudden her brows get really slanted in and her finger was like like pointing at the nurse. And I was like, 
oh, oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> and she was like, hurry up and pick her up. So I pick her up, still pointing at the nurse. <laughs> She's like, still angry. I remember and I'm like, you. <laughs> she was like, I have now put a contract on your head. The bounty is $75,000. You put that damn needle in my leg. I was like, oh, my gosh, the apple does not far, fall far from the tree. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is something that I would do if somebody stabbed me. I remember one time I got a flu shot and the lady was like, okay, are you ready for your flu shot? I was like, yeah, I'm ready. She stands up because we're like facing each other and I'm like registering, you know, mm-hmm. and she's writing information. She stands up and I was like, are you getting a running start? <laughs> you know, like, and she goes, no, no, I'm not. And I was like, are you sure? So she stands up and I'm like, I'm scared. So she grabs my arm and starts squeezing, uh-huh. right? Like up at the top where the deltoid is. And I'm like, okay. What's happening? She literally like cocks her arm back and just like goes for it. And I'm like, holy shit, that hurt. Uh-huh. You know, I was like, ow. And she goes, did I get it all the way? And I was like, I think so. Like it hurts. But the the, the needle is not that big. But she literally stood up and I was like, my face was like, oh, my God, are you getting a running start? She goes, no, I have better leverage this way. And I was like, my skin is not that tough. Yeah. Just. Just, you know, I had fear in my eyes. I'm not afraid of needles, but I was like, she wanted to, she wanted to this. do like stabbing. She wanted to like dart me. Well, they teach you to like throw it like a dart, uh-huh. right? Like, like this kind of uh, 90 degree IM injection, mm-hmm. intramuscular injection, is a literal dart. But I was like, it doesn't take that much force to <laughs> stab me. And she stabbed me good. She stabbed me good. My arm hurt for a while. I was like, ow. <laughs> That hurt. That's hilarious. I mean, I could talk about, I could talk about injections. I could talk about whenever I give blood. Uh-huh. I mean, I have a lot of tattoos on my arms and the people are always like, man, this can be tough to find. But they use a 14 gauge needle, which is very, it's a huge bore. And, you know, the lower the numbers, the higher the, the circumference of the needle. Man, when that thing goes in, I'm like, take my, take my body, take my soul. Like they take, I feel bad for whoever gets like my blood Mm -hmm. only because I know that part of me is in it. (laughs) And I'm sure they like act like me for a minute when they get it. Like I I do believe that. Like if you're giving, if you, well, not energy, I would say like sass maybe a little bit. I love to make people laugh. I, I don't know which religion it is. I think it might be the Mormons. They don't believe in blood transfusions because it's like vampirism. There's some religious groups that believe uh, receiving blood from other people is not really, you know, like you said, it's not necessarily vampiric or whatever. It's just not uh, clean. I don't know if that's politically like what correct what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't but understand we... it, but I understand what you were saying. It was like. They're going to have a little bit of me. So you try to be positive when you give your blood. You're like, I'm going to think happy thoughts so that the person who gets my blood will, they'll feel happiness. Well, I think it's a blessing either way. I mean, people who give blood, you know, or who are able to Mm -hmm. give blood, um, I think it's very uh, selfless of them. And they help a lot of people and they help with research and things. One of the, one of the things I was saying to kind of like piggyback on certain religions not believing in uh, receiving blood from outsiders is that we encourage them to self donate mm-hmm. uh, before any kind of big procedure. They can also like store some at private blood banks, you know, so that they have their own or sometimes it's okay for relatives, you know, like your parents mm-hmm. or a, a sibling who has the same blood type to donate. And that that's perfectly fine. But when I worked in the blood bank, and did a tour of one that was really nice and high tech. There's like a little uh, jacuzzi that they will put the blood in. Uh-huh. So blood is always stored like at a very cold temperature. Yeah. And then when you want to give it, you know, quickly, you put it in a little bath. Okay. And sometimes you can put like the plasma in a bath to warm it up. Stuff like that. Like, it's just funny because they were like, okay, and here's the bubble bath. And I was like, oh, look at all the little bags together <laughs> hanging out with the, you know, it's not like a hot bubble bath, but it, I mean, they were like, oh, the jacuzzi. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> like, that's interesting. Like, they were talking though. to them like they were babies. Like, like these are our little baby bags and they, they sit in their little warmer. No, but I really, <laughs> and they're all, I, I, I really <laughs> like what you said um, because I was told that by, 
I can't remember what religion, honestly, but they said that they couldn't do surgeries or something or things because they couldn't accept blood. But if they went ahead and donated their own blood, right. you know, uh, a few months before and just had it stored, then they could plan for something like that. That's true. Yeah. And I think that's a really great um, thing that in the future, you know, capacity wise and, and things like that, if you have a certain maybe a disease or illness in your family, it, it's best to kind of, you know, store some extra blood. And I know that there are survivalists and doomsday individuals mm -hmm. out there. It might be extreme, but they do actually keep packs of their own blood. Can you just in store case. that in the freezer? Um, I think there's a certain temperature you have to have it at, but I'm not, I'm not an expert at that, but yeah, you could technically store your own blood if you wanted to, but you got to keep it from not clotting. So there has to be some anti-clotting factors in there. Is that a chemical thing from... or? I think so. I, I think it's actually, I, I would have to look it up, but I'm, I believe there is a way to do it chemically. And there's also a way to keep it at a certain temperature. But I know that blood does expire. So we do a lot of checks, um, especially when we're giving blood. Mm -hmm. You have to check, double check. And then um, you always monitor an individual after you're giving blood. So for a certain time period, you have checks to make sure they're not having a reaction. Mm -hmm. Because even though you're receiving maybe your perfect blood type match, there's always a potential for antibodies to freak out, right? Yeah. You're introducing something into your body. Just like a splinter, right? Your body always wants to push out foreign things. Yeah. So, like, they always say, oh, if there's a splinter and you can't get it out, wait for it. It will blister and then you can pop it and the splinter comes out. I'm always like, dig. Just dig for it. <laughs> That's my mother. No pain, no gain. I, oh, my God. You should see the eye, her eyes light up when I tell her, oh, no, I have a splinter or something's in my foot. And she'll be like, come on over. <laughs> And she's got tools. Come on over. And she's got the headlamp and her magnifying glass. The headlamp. And she's Stop she's it. really serious no, she about doesn't. this. She will go in like a surgeon. And uh, I will scream and holler and I'll say, ow, ow, ow. And then she lights up like that's. She's like, oh, I must be close. And she just starts going <laughs> That's so messed up. I don't know. It's like people who like to pop your pimples. Like, what? Ew, there's some I know, weird, I know. like almost sadistic, like intent yeah i don't like to do it so like um when my even my own children if something would happen they got a yeah. splinter i'd be like oh you gotta go see your grandma <laughs> yeah and she grandma's grandma's got like iron stomachs they can they can do it all she's gonna she'll do it for you and you should see everybody's face <laughs> everybody's face <laughs> goes it drops grandma we gotta go see grandma <laughs> <laughs> Because grandma, grandma's intense. Yep, she, like she's she like, won't. Yeah, she won't stop. She'll make the wound bigger, but it'll be clean. But she'll be like, "We're gonna be thorough." Oh no! <laughs> yeah, she goes in thorough. She, she's really thorough. She has needles. She does it with needles, and she just keep breaking the skin until she sees, make sure nothing is in there. And then she's squeezing the crap out of it. And stop it! No, she's, no, she's mean. She's mean. Ow! I'm just, I'm just in pain already. Yep. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of things that, I mean, I've learned a lot over my career and those are just some of the fun facts that you get out of it. I, I've always been fascinated by that. Um, there have been several times we're doing surgery and we use like hundreds and hundreds of blood products. And I mean, I'm always thankful, but I always think of like how many people have donated mm -hmm. to this moment. Yeah. And have come together to try to save someone's life. So that's a different way to think about when you donate blood and, and things. And, and thank you to those who support organizations that do that and, and um, also donate. I did donate one time with Brandy, my friend, mm -hmm. who is listening in. And we had a race uh -huh. to see who could fill the blood bag first. Totally beat her. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> I have like massive veins that will just pump up those bags quickly. <laughs> I don't mind. I've actually thought about giving plasma mm -hmm. um, to go to like research for stem cells and also for COVID right now, because I think now that I have COVID antibodies, mm -hmm. um, that plasma is very helpful for those uh, individuals who are fighting COVID. Yeah. So you can actually get paid to donate plasma now 
And I think it's like $60 a bag. So Is that the same process? Donate, like every two weeks. Is that the same process as donating blood? It's about the same process. So what they do is they use a machine to filter out the plasma part mm-hmm. and they feed you back your red blood cells. So basically it like coats, it takes the coating off of your red blood cells. Okay. Okay. That's <laughs> it interesting. It so it's like proteins. Yeah. Lots of protein. I hope I'm right about that. I think it's like a coating. Okay. But yeah. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. I'm not trying to be like a medical expert today, but um, that's how they explain it to me every time. Like I see my red blood coming back and I see like this yellow plasma and I'm like, oh, look at all my proteins. My dad um, has a competition going with my mom and I think he's trying to like make it a whole family thing, but he has like a, Uh a card that shows how much blood he's donated. And I think he's donated like over a gallon or couple gallons or something and they give him like i don't know they send him emails and cards and things so he's like yeah he's he's kind of trying to make it a thing well i and he brings it up all the time well i've donated over a gallon oh that's so funny he actually (laughs) brags about that (laughs) he brags about that i've donated over a gallon of blood (laughs) whoa 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 yeah he's a serious he (laughs) he makes his appointment every every month i guess and uh, he mm-hmm. he's always gone. So our whole family is kind of we're big supporters of the blood bank, and we're always donating blood. Well, that's awesome, though. Yeah, you know, we do what we can, right? Yep. So soon, I'm going to be selling a bunch of my scrubs and like nice shoes and things, and I'm actually looking to target more of like student nurses and doctors who need like scrubs on a budget. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yes. Wish me luck on that. But but I'm looking to tap into Etsy and uh, Shopify and and also like Facebook Marketplace. I know that Facebook Marketplace is for more people who are wanting to pay lower mm-hmm. and bargain. But um, the scrubs that I mostly wear, I've actually uh, not – I've just grown out of some of the styles that I used to wear. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to look cute at work. Um <laughs> well um i I think other people need scrubs and i don't need all these scrubs there's too many too many yeah different uh places to sell things i've been seeing a lot of commercials for something called mercari and i know that you've done shopping on poshmark yeah yes i have there's a bunch of places that you can just kind of sell your stuff now it's kind of a thing i know i do a lot on craigslist um Usually because I'm selling larger things like furniture and things. Um, I did sell a bunch of motorcycle gear and parts. (laughs) But still, that was all on Craigslist. That's kind of cool. So you had success doing that. Yeah, I I have. I've always had success on Craigslist. Sold a boat. I sold my boat on Craigslist. Sold the boat. Yep, sold the boat. Um, But I like Craigslist. I haven't um, sold anything on eBay. Uh. I did try, though. I tried to sell. We had a cell phone that was brand new. Um, and we, uh-huh. we tried to sell it on eBay. And uh, yeah, I think it was eBay and Craigslist. But every person that responded to that was um, very sketchy. And nobody was in person. And I'm like, no, we want to really sell it locally in person. I want to meet you someplace, uh, exchange funds in person. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's always the safest bet, you know, because it's always really scary to sell on online Craigslist and stuff. Yeah. Online in general. I feel a little bit safer meeting in a mutual place instead of at my home. Yeah. Now, I do live with a lot of people in my home. So but still, they always remember where you live, though. Isn't that kind of scary? It depends on what I'm selling. Like I had a fish tank that I sold and um, the people Mm. who email me back, they usually are very like interested. Like I had this, I had this actually nice furniture piece that I had refinished and it was a large, large fish tank. It was ridiculously huge and that wasn't going to go in my car. So um, I, the girl. It's better for them to come pick it up. Yeah. And a really nice girl came. She was so excited. She had a very large fish that was outgrowing its tank and she was so excited she loved the whole thing and she appreciated it but then i did have guys who were trying to lowball me and i was like it's not for you get out it's not for you um 
Oh, I hate when people lowball you. And they're like they think they're like like getting such a great deal and you're like, stop. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay. You're not the right buyer. I'm not in a hurry to sell it if it's, you know, not the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to be patient. I'm not really ever in a rush for anything. <laughs> right. It'll happen no, when it. it happens. The right person will find it. Um, yeah. Um, but I'll feel it out. Like some, I have met people at Starbucks, um, places like that, coffee places usually. Mm-hmm. Daytime. <laughs> Daytime, for sure. I... I really uh, do like to sell to people who are like really appreciate it. So when I, last time I like posted stuff on online to sell, I mean, like a little kid wanted a gaming desk that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, a young girl was just picking up longboard skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just gave it to her. I was like, here, like you're a teenager. You don't have a lot of money. Like, just take it. You know, I like um, when we're buying things in like the same kind of thing. So, um, like I had to go buy paddles. I was buying, I had to buy extra paddles because I was paddling with my family and I wasn't going to share mine. So I was like, I'm going to go buy you. Right. I'm going to go buy you some on Craigslist. And I met a couple really, really nice guys who were in the sport and paddling. You know, you meet somebody who paddles and that's all they talk about. Paddlers talk about paddling nonstop. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've gotten a little bit better. I don't talk about paddling as much. Uh, gotten a little bit better, I would say, but um, but it's always fun to hear, yeah. you know, other viewpoints from other people who paddle, maybe paddle with different clubs, different groups, um, and what they're into. It's really a fun exchange when you're buying something yeah. that's of similar interest to the person, right, that you're buying it from. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, just to wrap up the Olympics, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't as exciting as it was in years previous. And I think COVID had a lot to do with that. Yeah, I will say that. They do have like canoeing, except you're like kneeling the whole time. What the hell is that? Canoe sprints <laughs> on your knee, paddling like it looks like on one side. It looks like stand up paddleboarding, like you're racing, but you're in a, a surf kayak, like a two man surf. I don't know, but if I did something like that here, people would be like, "What the hell are you doing? That looks so dumb." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have surf ski. They did have surf ski. That looked very normal. Yeah, that looked normal. But I I literally looked at my mom and I was like, I love paddling and canoeing so much. Mm-hmm. Like if I had known when I was little that that was an Olympic sport, uh-uh. I might be shorter than most of these athletes. But I sure as hell would have tried to do that because mm-hmm. I love it so much. Yeah, that. But I mean, I'm like looking at that going, this is a sport. <laughs> this, this is the sport. It's a sport. <laughs> There's a lot of things that you're like, is that a sport? My mom enjoyed the um, synchronized swimming. They never show that on primetime. But that is so hard. And I was watching some videos. And I guess some team, the, all the ladies are like underwater. And they're carrying one of their teammates above the water, mm-hmm. like on their palms. And she's just like walking. And they're like holding her on their palms. And I'm like, this is crazy. She looks like she is walking on water. It was so good. And then you see the underwater cameras and they're like pumping it, dude, with their arms. They're like I know. flailing underwater. And I'm like, holy crap. Why would you want to do that? Like, I would feel like I'm drowning if I was upside down. You know, they have their noses yep. plugged and stuff. Can you imagine if your nose like unplugged? They've <laughs> practiced holding their breath for a long time. Holy crap. Like a really long time. Yep. We've talked about that. It was intense. I was like, this is some intense, tense sports. I don't know. Just some of these sports. I'm like, okay, so for instance, like rhythmic gymnastics. Can we talk about that? <laughs> like, why is that not popular here? You literally dance with a ball and a ribbon and a hoop. And I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I don't want to watch. I mean, everybody's going to hate me for this, but I don't want to always watch like soccer and basketball and softball. Like I want to watch like. Things that seem very hard, like the trampoline. Mm. Did you see that? Like the coaches over there with a big old pad, hoping that they don't like come crashing down. But I was like, how do you stop yourself from bouncing that high? Have you seen how high I, they I get? did not see this one. I'll have to go look. Okay. I actually just Next time ended you up, need to watch No, it. I recorded everything because I, I can't find okay. the specific events that I wanted to see. So I just have it all recorded. I just haven't had time. To go Please watch, watch it yet. the trampoline 
I don't know. Diving was great this year. Very kudos to Tom Daly for winning a gold and a bronze medal. He actually crocheted an entire sweater and a pouch for his gold medal. Isn't that cute? <laughs> I was like, that's so cute. Look at you crocheting on international TV. <laughs> it was funny. My mom was like telling me like the play by plays. And then I swear, like the last events of the Olympics, every summer Olympics, is the four by one uh four by four hundred relay, men's and women's. And those women mm. are freaking fast. And then oh, Allison yeah. Felix became the the most decorated track and field athlete, surpassing Carl Lewis with eleven Olympic medals. And I was like, amazing. That's amazing. And she said she might. She goes, I think this is my last Olympics. But I might compete in the worlds. And I was like, dang, girl, you go. Yep. You go, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched a lot of the running. Super fun. The running um, sports. But you know what? I watched. Yeah, the men did good. The too. rowing is so pretty. When you see the the teams, the rowing from above. I would actually like to see that, um, this, like, outrigger canoe paddling filmed above like that. I think it would be just as beautiful. Yeah, you could see who's actually working and who's not. <laughs> In the, if they were at the Olympics, who's fluff paddling? If, Why are you fluff paddling? If they were at the Olympics, it big would be old different. teddy bear. I can't believe I remember calling a guy in my boat a teddy bear. I was like, "You're such a teddy bear." Mm. They look like, all beast. big, and, and I'm like, "You're a teddy bear." Yeah. Big and buff, but they're not big and buff, but they're very um, top heavy and tilt, and, li- and they tilt yeah. the boats, and they tip. Don't rock the boat, don't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat, don't tip the boat over. Yeah. Rock the they boat. They get better when after they've, uh, you know, after their novice season. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> they got to get into the, like the senior event. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, paddling. Anyway, um. Wait, I have something funny. I, think that's... I recorded the okay, last podcast and I was talking about Squid Luau and I actually never gave the recipe. I spent so much time talking about taro that I forgot to tell people how to make it. <laughs> oh my God, seriously? So it will be all written up nice and neat on our website. I'll have the recipe there. Um, I hope to have a video done too, but um, just if you are listening and you only listen to us this way, um, I had five pounds of luau leaves. I really only used half of it. So about two pounds of luau leaves cooked down. You boil that for a couple of hours. You cut it up small as you can. You have to wear gloves because it is sharp. Boil it down in water for an hour and a half to two hours until it turns to mush. Um drain it then you're going to cook in a kind of a large pan that's going to fit the taro leaves back in it it could be the same one clean it out though Uh um but you're going to add onions a half a cup of diced onions um cook it with butter at least a good three to four tablespoons i also add a tablespoon of sugar a teaspoon of salt a full can of coconut milk Saute your onions until they're a little bit um, translucent. Then toss in your um, your back in all of your taro leaves. And then at the end, add about a pound of squid. You can also substitute um, octopus um, or chicken. I like chicken. Some people have done it with beef, but beef to me is weird. So <laughs> you want to cut that up into small um, bite-sized pieces. Um, remember that octopus and squid... They do shrink and they get very hard and rubbery. So mm. <laughs> um, adjust for that. But I like it to be. <laughs> adjust for that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. Adjust for that. Yeah. And then you're going to cook that for half an hour at least until everything comes together. And then it's absolutely lovely. You can taste it. And if you like it a little bit sweeter, I'll add a little bit more sugar. Uh, maybe another teaspoon or two, and um, it's perfect. It's a great side dish, especially yeah. if you're having something like salty kalua pig and rice. I love kalua pig and cabbage on hot white, scoop of hot white Japanese rice, sticky rice. Ugh, stop with the Japanese rice. And then squid luau. Squid luau is a side <laughs> dish, is kind of special, and it's very difficult to make. 
But you can also, you can make it really fast if you use spinach. Like I had tried to explain previously, it's kind of the same process. You just want to cook your spinach down until it turns to mush. And then you just do the same recipe. That's so funny. You you talked about it, but you didn't say how to make it. I know. <laughs> because the taro. You were, you're keeping us on a cliffhanger, huh? The taro was, I know, two. You have to wait till the second episode to hear the rest of the recipe. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. The... Um, it was such an ordeal, and I think I was just traumatized because I had literally just done that. Why were you traumatized? You know, cooking the taro, and um, we did the recording, like, right. It was the same day, and I was just so traumatized about the taro process. <laughs> and how, I have oh, really cool funny. pictures that I will include on our website of I have this fancy um, microscope that can take pictures of things real close. It's like... I don't know really? what it is, like eight times or ten Where did times. Where you get that from? Amazon. I will put a link if you would like to buy one yourself. Stop it. <laughs> but they're so fun. And you and the Amazon. I know because you can just have things shipped to your house. This is why malls are going to close. Nobody's going to have that experience of like going to the mall and just hanging out at the mall and walking at the mall. I love the mall. I like just walking at the mall. I like Amazon's great, though. It is really nice and convenient when it just comes to your house a few days later. That's true. That's mm -hmm. very true. We have a whole... Oh, in fact, I was going to talk about things from Amazon that I just purchased. If you're interested, um, I just did a whole lot of um, artwork in frames. So I had to order frames. Yeah, and you told me about that. I ordered them from... They had to be 18 by... 22 I think it was um I'll double check 18 by something uh these frames and I bought the Amazon basic is it called Amazon basics yeah Amazon basics I ordered theirs yeah. mm -hmm. and I ordered another one that had terrible reviews on it um <laughs> so it's they don't do glass frames anymore these are plexiglass um the Amazon ones didn't have oh. any kind of um plastic protective coating on it but it was packaged beautifully it came great it was gorgeous and they were very affordable the other brand that i ordered i think they were really just cheap they were like 6.99 oh. for a frame but they look really really nice but it does have um plastic coating protective coating on the acrylic so you have to pop it out and um take it off. But I remember reading the reviews on that one particularly. And this one person said they had a really hard time taking off this sticker. And I was like, what? And they took a picture, the sticker that they meant was like, I guess made in somewhere. Like maybe it said made in China. Um, I can't remember because I took the sticker off third way. But it was actually, they were like saying I had to use some kind of goo thing and really scrub it off. And it was really hard. And now this frame looks terrible. Um, when I got the frame, it did have this supposed sticker, but it was on top of the protective layer. And you just peel that off. And it was actually huh. protective layer on two sides. So you take off the protective layer and then pop in your artwork. Maybe that person didn't know there was a protective layer. Yeah, I don't think that they understood it. So don't always just trust the bad reviews because some people just didn't understand the yeah. directions. <laughs> but they wrote a review Story of our life. They wrote a review Story of anyway. life. I mean, that's usually something that happens all the time. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not, but I'm not so good at putting the reviews on Amazon. Like they always send me an email. Will you say rate this product? Um, <laughs> I have not done any of those, but I will send links. I'll post links. I'll take pictures of my frames and uh, I'll put them on my website and maybe I will link it to Amazon in the future someday. But I was I was very so pleased funny. with what I purchased. Very nice. Well, you're gonna have to like give us a little like sneak preview of it. Of what? Of the frames? Your frames? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I said I'll take like a picture. The art the I'll take a picture. Stuff. I'll put it on. Okay, good. They were they were pretty decent quality. We want to see. We want to see my. We want to see. They weren't super expensive. They were very cheap and affordable. And I have I have a lot of art that has to go up. I have to still put things on on to my um on the walls and i'm just being very like selective of what i put on the walls of my new home because i'm like once it's up it's up 
you but know, you're like, going to use. My mom was like, seriously? And I was like. You're going to use like um, yeah. hooks and things to hang your stuff. I love those tension rods, those little curved tension hooks that you just poke into the wall and then it comes out and has a little thing. I'll put a, you know, I'll find it on Amazon and I'll send you a link. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. But so I, you're going to have to tell me. They only make one hole in your drywall and uh, they can hold like a lot of weight. Cool. I love those. I'm looking forward to checking it out. But my grandfather had this gorgeous house up in um, Lanikai. And we, after he passed, we were cleaning up and taking things out. And uh, he had actually glued the artwork onto his walls. He had tons of artwork and it's literally glued onto the walls. Glued. Glue. Wow. Like he didn't use a, a nail and then hang it. He just put glue on the wall and shoved it there. No. I was like, oh my God, my grandfather loved glue. Because it was every piece of art. <laughs> he literally oh just gosh. glued it to the wall. He frames, really didn't want it to come down. Frames and all. Yep. Wow. Well, he was on the mountain. You guys had to redo the walls. Yeah. And it was single wall construction. <laughs> so it had to be refinished. I bet. The wood had to be refinished. 100% bet. But, and I bet it was like faded, you know, like <laughs> faded around where the picture was. Yeah. 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 I've seen that. I'm like, oh my gosh. But that was. How funny. That was the weirdest thing. So there's this running joke that my grandfather, he just loved glue. <laughs> Everything was glue. Sounds like it. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, <clears throat> I think that's good. That is good. Okay. Well. On that note, glue has many uses. <laughs> just be careful with super glue and crazy glue because you just never know what you might glue together. <laughs> I've glued my fingers together so many times I've had to pull them apart and it hurts like crazy. And then your fingers just end up feeling weird. Mm -hmm. But on that note, there are two PSAs in this <laughs> podcast and they are both from my. So I just want to reiterate, you, no matter where you're tuning in from, you will learn some valuable lessons, life lessons from this podcast. So... Thanks for joining us again uh, for another My Ties at Sunset podcast episode. And we'll be back next week with a new one and a little bit more updates. Hopefully we get some video of that sweet van life and also of Mai's artwork and her new frame. Oh, and the squid luau. And, and yes, her, her dish of the week. Oh, and... So thank you for giving us the recipe finally. Yes. Oh, oh, and she got something else. The I owe a Spam Musubi video because we talked about it two episodes ago. <gasps> I will I will send you mine. Okay. I will send you mine. Okay. Uh, as well. Actually, right when we get done with this, I will go ahead and send it. But be sure to check us out at MyTiesAtSunset.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and anywhere else you enjoy your favorite podcasts. And until we meet again. Ahoy ho! <laughs> <laughs>